curtains up and welcome to another edition of the box office preview podcast an on-stage blog podcast network production i am your host greg Earhart. joining me today my co-host when he thinks about what the word count should be on his next review his guiding principle is to infinity and beyond <laughs> it's on on-screen chief critic ken jones ken welcome how are you I'm great. How you doing, Greg? I am well. And guess what? We have a special co-host to, co-host this week. My our guest. There's a snake in his boot, all right. Giggity, 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 giggity. It is on stage blog, editor in chief and founder, Christopher Peterson. Chris, welcome. How are you? Amazing. That was like mixing different genres together in different programs <laughs> with that intro. Little family I, guy, little little Toy Story. I like it. I, I'm kind of going to hell for that, you know, yeah. sort of sullying <laughs> Toy Story like that. But hey, whatever. It, it, it worked. It worked. Um, anything for a cheap laugh. So, all right. So this week we have we are here to break down Toy Story Four, but let's quickly go over the results of last weekend. And based on what they did, we can go over it quickly because no one yes, really we went can. to see these movies. Um, winning the weekend was Men in Black International at thirty million dollars. Uh, Ken uh, Ken predicted thirty four million. I predicted thirty one. So I won that movie. And. Uh, and then second came in Secret Life of Pets, then Aladdin, Rocket Man, Dark. We, we I do want to mention Dark Phoenix because Dark Phoenix dropped an astounding seventy two percent. That's <laughs> amazing! Like, wow, that's like the only notable thing about that movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> the drop in its second week. Nothing about the movie in the yeah. Movie. So Just I mean, we're, the box office drop. So we're basically looking at a finish, maybe seventy million for this, which is you know maybe. Pretty, Maybe, maybe that's more than half of what Apocalypse uh, X Men Apocalypse did. So, and, and again, a two hundred million dollar budget, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, whether Disney bought this or not, it was going bye bye for a while uh, until they rebooted in a few years. There's still but, new mutants out there too, right? Right. And uh, below that came in Shaft in sixth place. Uh, it was projected to be around the eighteen to twenty million dollar range. It came in well below that at eight point nine million. Uh, Ken predicted 19.5. I predicted I predicted 18. Uh, so I win that one as well. I went two and zero last week. So um, so that pretty much wraps up the box office recap for last week. This week we have a couple movies: uh, Toy Story 4, as we mentioned, and also Child's Play. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna bring up Child's Play a, a little bit this weekend but we're gonna we're gonna keep the focus right now on toy story 4 because toy story is one of the, is one of the biggest franchises we have going and it was a franchise that most of the fans uh i think i think the three of us included were really we're pretty happy with to end on toy story 3 yeah it was, um, it was a good ending spot yeah so i mean uh we'll start with ken what were your thoughts when they announced they were making a Toy Story 4 uh, based off of how uh, the third one ended? I mean, you always get a little anxious with the fact that like, if you got three solid entries, you don't want to tempt fate and, and risk like potentially ruining the legacy. But at the same time, it is Pixar, and they've got a pretty awesome track record for the most part. So, you know, a little anxious, but a little trepidation, but still... 
kind of keeping the faith. Chris, uh, let me go back to you. You can answer that question if you want, but I also just want to ask you about your thoughts on where the Toy Story trilogy kind of fits in with other animated, um, I don't know how many other animated trilogies we have, but just, you know, in terms of even other trilogies or other animated stories, where does Toy Story rank uh, with you for Pixar, for Disney, for trilogies? Go. Wow. Wow, that's quite a question. Um, and you have ten seconds to answer. <laughs> well, it's it's obviously by far Pixar's you know flagship uh, franchise uh, properties. I don't think they you know with when you think about all the characters they've created, I don't think you can get anything more influential, impactful, um, iconic than you know Woody, Buzz, and and the Toy Story gang, so to speak. Uh, I think it's probably the greatest, not only obviously box office wise, but I think just overall quality, the greatest animated franchise of all time i mean it's just i don't think i don't think anything comes close and uh you know it's interesting you know you know ken you just said it about you know tempting fates or you know pushing your luck so to speak you know it's interesting that in all the interviews i've read the creators the writers the even the cast have all said that they weren't going to do a fourth one unless Mm. they could find a compelling story that would you know, warranted because, you know, Toy Story yeah. 3 was a practically perfect movie. So um, I'm interested to see what brought everybody back into the fold to do a, a, a fourth one and, you know, to roll that dice, so to speak. So, and, but the reaction so far has been really amazingly positive. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get to the, the tomato meter of Toy Story 4 a little bit later in the podcast. But I, I do just want to add to all that that. I really, I'm trying to think of a better constructed trilogy than Toy Story um, was, and I can't really think of one. Um, obviously, I mean, one of the first trilogies, Star Wars, comes close as a very good arc, you know, front to back. But as you said, Chris, Toy Story, Toy Story Two is to me the perfect animated movie um, mm, from start mm-hmm. to finish, and Toy Story Three. I can't call it perfect, but it's immensely satisfying because it had a story in its own that really worked well, you know, with them being daycare. But of course, the way they ended it, um, you know, with them escaping uh, the dumpster as well as, you know, um, Andy finding them a new home. Um, Spoiler. (laughs) Well, if you haven't seen Toy Story, if you're listening to this podcast, you haven't seen Toy Story 3 yet, you deserve to be spoiled. You deserve it. Exactly. Um, you know, is, I mean, it's just a perfect arc for, you know, basically everybody involved. And from a box office perspective, it also achieves something that's pretty rare. That is, even when you adjust for inflation, um, each movie did higher than the last. So Toy Story 1, again, adjusted for inflation, did $395 million in domestic box office, followed by Toy Story 2, which was four years after, um, ended at 431 and then Toy Story 3, which was 11 years after, with a June release instead of November release, which was Toy Story 1 and 2, Toy Story 3 did $481 million. So each movie did better than the last, adjusted for inflation. Um, so it was, uh, as Ken mentioned, it, it, I mean, this was, I honestly, I didn't want to see a fourth one. In fact, I kind of got a little mad that they were going to make a fourth one because when has this worked out? When has this choice worked out? You know, in the past, almost never. Um, it also, when, when they announced it and then the first trailer came out and I mean, the, the first teaser was just all the characters, you know, doing, um, uh, the circle and then they show Forky at the end. And I think all of us were like, huh? 
<laughs> like <laughs> this is what they came back. This is what they came back to do was make a movie about a toy fork. Um, very now again, we've seen the reviews. Apparently, they nailed it. But again, really risk, really, really risky decision uh, to kind of to kind of base a movie off of a toy fork. Um, Ken, anything to add, anything to add about Forky and your, I mean, Forky like opened up a whole like can of existential questions that I wasn't prepared to uh, ask (laughs) (laughs) related to the toy story franchise. So, I mean, that's (laughs) kind of an interesting aspect to it. Keep in mind. I mean, remember there was a lot of, you know, I guess you could call it bad, you know, press about this, this way that this movie came together in the first place. Um, you know, remember Rashida Jones was originally hired to be a writer on this film and her and her writing partner kind of crafted a story to surround them searching and going to find Bo Peep. And that was like the central theme of this film. And then through, you know, the me too wave and things like that. And Rashida Jones and her writing partner quitting the film because they accused Pixar of being kind of this misogynistic, you know, um, you know, toxic, culture place wherever um they completely changed the storyline for this film so it was it was supposed to be something else and it's interesting because with this entire series with the exception of toy story 3 all these movies were supposed to be much much different than the final product that we got Mm. so through some really wise decision making like you know just the toy story one was originally much darker and woody was more of a villain you know than a hero Mm -hmm. toy story 2 they literally put the halted production on it because it was so bad and John Lasseter had to come back and actually direct the thing and reshape the whole thing. So these movies, you know, that's they, incredible. Cause again, I think, I mean, toy story two is the perfect animated movie. Amazing. Them, amazing. Uh, and they yeah. were just having some real problems with it. And, you know, they came back, restructured the whole thing and, and it you know, obviously worked. So it's just incredible of, I guess you could say the, how thin the line has been with a lot of these films, but yet they always kind of, you know, land on the right side. I mean, aren't there aren't there other Pixar movies that that have had similar stories, where uh, the production they've they've kind of like had trouble with it at some point, and then just kind of reworked it and stumbled into something brilliant. Yeah, Monsters Inc. was like that. Yeah. Also, I mean, also Dark Phoenix, but of course. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's like like they they're they're a company or studio that uh, like really is willing to to take their time. And, and getting it right, you know, as opposed to just pushing ahead, um, you know, with the exception of maybe like the Cars franchise. Yeah, they, well, they, well, right. <laughs> they take their time, but I think they're also able to work pretty quick. They have to be able to work quickly on the fly. Yeah. It's, I mean, these these release dates have never been pushed back to the best of my my knowledge. Um, so they're kind of probably like South Park in that regard, you know, where they're kind of changing ideas, on, on, you know, really quickly and. Um, being able to make stuff happen. It's also easier with an animated movie because you're just redrawing and re-CGIing versus when you have something like Dark Phoenix where you have to get all the actors back, you know, Changing you have to rebuild yeah. sets, you have to um, you know, read the dialogue, all that. Um, do you got, so what do you think of the decision to come back with Buzz and Woody in the fourth movie versus just completely forging a new path with new toys, new actors, um, did we really need a fourth movie with, with Buzz and Woody? Uh, I would say yes. I'm yeah. not going to say no. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely a, 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 an idea, a world that you can certainly introduce that 
you know, there could be Toy Story movies without those characters because it's, you know, it's just about toys, yeah. you know. Uh, the problem right. is I don't think in the previous, you know, three movies or – and who knows what they're going to do with this one. I don't think you've really established a, a secondary toy that you can really center – a movie around right you know, there's no it, like there's no handoff kind of thing. right now i think yeah. in the third one like with bonnie's toys if 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 andy's toys didn't end up with at bonnie's house then you could probably ex- explore something like that uh with the you know bonnie's toys crew but yeah i haven't seen them really kind of develop a character that you could really base a movie around yet <laughs> how, yeah. how weird is it that we're talking about a passing of the torch with uh animated um, toy characters <laughs> <laughs> right i mean and, it, and if you know they were able to get the rights to you know certain brands and it could be lego movie all over again where you could just you know for example you could just make a teenage Mutant ninja turtles you know have key characters in toy story or whatever one thing i thought they, they could do is maybe have fun with the play sets you know because like especially now like some of the play sets are very extravagant and big you know and um perhaps there's something to explore there um, well have you did you get to see the 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 short that they did uh toy story the time of they forgot or something like that no, no no it's 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 basically what you're talking about where it's all about this dinosaur playset with toys okay. with, di- with dinosaur toys that don't know their toys yet so right. it's like it's up to the gang to kind of show them that you know your toys that can be played with and it's fun and everything like that so it's a very interesting short but yeah it kind of explores that you know the the gi joe uh playset idea of like you know what happens with those types of toys so yeah, yeah right. it's interesting right okay all right uh, I think I think it's time we can go to see don't see because I have a couple more topics but they're kind of covered in see don't see so let, yeah. let's just jump right into it. Uh, for those joining us for the very first time, uh, see don't see is a game we play to quantify our interest in how much we want to see the movie we are discussing. So instead of just saying do I want to see it? Oh yes or no, we're gonna put a numerical value to it. So I'm gonna ask. Chris and Ken and myself, uh, how much they want to see the movie based on particular actors or actresses or plot concepts or directors um, involved with the movie. And if they really, if the max score they can give is positive three, which means they really want to see it just based off that a minus three means they're actively avoiding it. will not see it under any circumstances. Gentlemen, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. So the only thing, you know about the movie is as part of the toy story franchise. And obviously you know that toy story one, two and three already happened. So all you know is it's another movie in a toy story franchise. See or don't see start with you, Ken. Oh, I'm a three, three uh, on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Easy three for me. Yeah, yep. I agree. Three is all around. Okay. Uh, next one, Pixar. All you know is it's a Pixar movie. You don't know what the movie is. You just know it's a Pixar movie. Ken. Uh, again, unequivocal three. Uh, I am a two, a strong two, but I'm a, but I'm a two on this. I need to, I need to know what the concept is, Chris. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there too. I I, I think I'm a strong two. Okay. Uh, next one, we talk. We Chris, you mentioned this briefly. I want to get into this a little bit. Uh, all you know about the movie is. It features a so it's a franchise movie where it features a character who is previously in a stereotyped role, but now she she becomes empowered and tough. And we're gonna flip the script a little bit on that. That's all you know about the movie, uh, Chris. We'll start with you. 
Oh gosh, and so it's it, and it's a sequel. It's a part of the franchise. Yeah, so it's it, right. It's part of a franchise, right? So it's right. it's a character you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I give it a mild two. <laughs> a mild two. A okay. mild two. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to. My answer, so normally this kind of, st- if they're just doing it for the sake of doing it, that would really annoy me and make me like a minus one or two. If it fits with the character, like if I see this character, it's possible that she could take this journey. I'll say he too, because I, I shouldn't make it too gender specific. Um, it, it could work and I'd be a positive two. So I, I will go, I'll go zero. I'll go. I'll average it out and go zero. Ken, uh, I'm gonna go with a one on that one. Just um, you know, it, it can go bad, but if they got a good hook for it, I'd be I'd at least be interested in seeing what they uh, what their idea is for it and changing the uh, or taking a little like diversion in the franchise or something. Uh, next category, uh, Key and Peel. All you know is Key and Peel are voicing characters, uh, in a movie. Uh, I'll start. Uh, I love Key and Peel. Um, they're funny guys. And if they're in it, I'm going to think they're going to make it really funny. So I am at least, I'm going to, I'm a one. I'm a one. I'm a one on that. Uh, Chris. It's a good question. Um, I think. In 2019, given the fact that Key and Peele have been off the air and both have, have had, obviously, success in different areas and are kind of coming back for this movie, I'm going mm. to give it a two. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm with Chris. They're, they uh, they have a, Yeah, I'm, I'm a two. Natural, uh, they have natural comedy chemistry together, and it's, you know, yeah. whenever you can get that back together, it's great. So, Chris, I wanted to ask you, so Ken and I had a discussion uh, during the Secret Life of Pets preview about are there any actors that when you hear them saying they're going to voice a role in an anime movie make you today want to say, oh, man, I got to go see that. And my position was there's only two people that can make (laughs) me do that. And Mm -hmm. uh, and I I forget, Ken, did you have any? I forget if you did. I don't think I did. Yeah, I think Ken. So Ken had nobody. So what's... So, what's your view on that? Do you are there is there an actor who'd be like, oh my gosh, they're they're voicing a role. I gotta go see that. I mean, it doesn't have to be like on a three level, but even like a one a one or two. One That's or a good two. question. I I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But if if it's like I'll put it this way, if it's a comedian uh, that I I I really like, um, that definitely would pique my interest. Uh, just because they, they, you know, if, if if you have comedic timing and you, you know, you're you're good at that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, here's a good example. I was really psyched for B movie because it was Jerry Seinfeld, and right, and, right. and then the movie was kind of like, Meh. but um, you know, I was that guy that got me excited. I was like, oh man, Jerry Seinfeld as an yeah, animated character. Right. Okay. Um, I was saying, I thought you were gonna go with Willie, Woody Allen and Ants. No oh, God. Oh, see there, yeah, completely <laughs> forgot that one. Um, I also think like a, an actor that's really good at playing villains. If if it was announced that that person was the villain in this movie, yeah. I'd be like, okay, mm. like let's do it. Like, um, like a so Ben what? Mendelsohn or like you know Jason mm. Isaacs, like Jason Isaacs. Oh you know? yes, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I forgot about him when I was recounting. Um, well, and I 
and and the part I also landed on was because more and more you're seeing sports figures get involved and musicians and and a lot of that's because they're they're carrying their own audience with them. But if it was like a really unusual, uh, non Hollywood based, I mean, yeah, like a sports or you know pop culture celebrity, like, like, again, like Tom Brady, really unusual. What's that? Tom Brady, perhaps. Like I actually brought up Eli Manning. Like if Eli Manning was voicing a character, that might actually compel me to go see it. <laughs> it would be a train wreck, you know. Like it would have to be a train wreck. So, Chris, on a scale of three to negative three, <laughs> with Eli Manning voicing a character in a movie, what would your interest be? Oh, th- honestly, a three, <laughs> just to see what that would sound like. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you had LeBron and Smallfoot, which was exactly you know, that was, it was compelled. Yes, right. but yeah, you really haven't seen a lot of these, you know, sports stars, uh, you know, lend their voices, so to speak. So yeah, I, I would definitely be on the board. I mean, obviously, the episode of The Simpsons with the baseball team—that's like the, right. the classic mm. example. But I'm, I'm actually uh, surprised Peyton Manning hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, he seemed pretty apt to to want to do that. It'll happen. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> right. Um. Now, okay, so well, the next person I'm going to bring up is, is our next category of C, you don't see, which I'm sure I'm going to get threes from both of you. Keanu Reeves. All you know is Keanu Reeves is voicing a character in the movie. I'm just going to. For gonna the first time movie. ever, I think. I, I was going to say, has he done a voiceover before? I don't think he's ever done an animation character. Oh, here I'm we go. In. Oh, my gosh. Get your trench coats on, guys. All right, just here. We're going to. I mean, out, you know, it's for... Keanu. It's <laughs> Keanu. He's the coolest guy in Hollywood. Absolutely. I'm th- three all the way. Three, three, three. You guys, sorry, that's a John Wick three from me. You're, 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 you're gonna make me do this. God, um, you know you're a three. You made the question. Oh God, no, I am not. I am not a three. He's Uh, playing a character called Duke Kaboom. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) all right. Let me. um, I was gonna save this for a little bit later. Let me read you this story. I'm not sure if you've seen this, guys. The headline of the story is. Keanu Reeves challenged Toy Story 4 writers to give his character Duke Kaboom real depth. I love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I might jump to the money part of this. Uh, Okay. The film's director, uh, Josh Cooley, also couldn't help but gush about Keanu Reeves and his professionalism. He would ask these really deep character questions, and you couldn't ignore them. When Pixar Disney pitched the project to Reeves, he wanted to know what drove Duke Kaboom and what he was afraid of. All things Cooley didn't have the answers to. Yes. Not at first. He hadn't said yes to the role yet, so it was kind of a test. It really did force us to dig deeper into this character that we thought was more of a gag. Because of Reeves' question, Duke Kaboom became a well-rounded, real character that earned a lot of laughs. Amazing. So does this story increase your three to like a five or a six? or 100%. Are we allowed to? (laughs) I mean, I joked earlier, you know, the characters that you couldn't base a movie around. I'm ready for a Duke Kaboom movie. I don't, you know. Oh, maybe this is the handoff. This is the handoff. I love it. But here's my question, though. So he asks these really deep character questions. How about him asking deep character questions for all the other movies he started? started Listen, you know that he hasn't. Listen, you haven't seen the John Wick uh, gloriousness. I saw John. I saw the first John Wick, and that could have used some deep character questions too. Let's just just put it that. Here's the thing, though, and this is why I love that story because a lot of times, I mean, I can't remember who it was, but I remember an actor giving an interview where they, they literally did lines and dialogue and voiceover for an animated movie. They had no idea what it was. They were just, they walked into a room, they were told the scenario, 
they did their lines and they were given like, you know, 50 grand or something like that. So I appreciate <laughs> Keanu asking serious questions as if this was a, about, you know, a, a deep study. That's, 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 that's excellent. That's craft. He cares about his craft. Yeah, I wish and he not, cared about for some nothing. of his other movies that he did, like The, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Listen, listen. Yeah. We, that's that's just bad directorship. I mean, that's just that's right. just bad direction. Oh yes, he was brilliant. Listen, if 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 Keanu Reeves asks for depth and how about Ronin Forty Seven? How about asking hey, now, questions about that about that movie? Listen, you just you just like to poop on the Keanu songs, but you know, <laughs> you just haven't yeah. seen the light yet. Master Thespian. Hey, look, Keanu I've Reeves, been through like three episodes of this, Chris. So this is all uh, well, well worn territory for me with this guy. <laughs> Now you have I'm just I'm just waiting for Greg to, to come back from this po- from watching Toy Story for it and you know begrudgingly saying that Duke Kaboom <laughs> was the best thing about the movie. <laughs> well, we'll see, we'll see. And um, so, oh yeah, back to my score. Um, just out of spite, I'm giving a minus two to the Canaries. <laughs> wow, that's just hateful. <laughs> that's just being hateful. Now you see what I have to put up with every week, Chris. That's just, that's... You're just you're just being ignorant. <laughs> he is. You're being obtuse. <laughs> okay. Uh next. Uh all you know is the movie's about a toy fork. That's all you know. You don't even know it's part of Toy Story. You don't know it's Pixar. You don't know it's animated. It's just a movie about a toy fork. Technically it's a spork, but you know. <laughs> that okay. Actually. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh I'll start. Um I mean, come on. If that's all I know is a movie about a toy spork, uh, I'm a minus, uh, let's see here, uh, minus three. Yeah, my, minus three for that. Yeah, I'm probably a minus two on that one. That doesn't, uh, yeah. Chris, <laughs> three? Positive three? Uh, I'm a minus, I'm a minus three. <laughs> oh, okay. Minus what, two? Minus three. Oh, minus three. Okay, yeah. All right. All right, that'll be honest. Last one. All you know is uh, you will most likely cry at the end of the movie. You don't know anything else about the movie, just that it's a tearjerker and you're probably going to ball at the end of the movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Chris. You know, it's interesting. I can actually name you in the theater the amount of times I've probably full on cried. And what's interesting is three of the four times were Pixar movies. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what are the movies? Uh, the beginning of Up. Yeah. Uh, yep. Inside Out, yeah. Uh, Toy Story Three, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about? Uh, and then the fourth one was Big Fish because my had, my grandfather had died uh, like a day before I'd seen that right. movie. Wrong was, time to see that movie. <laughs> right, right. I was a blubbering mess for about the last like twenty five minutes of Coco. Oh well, that's a Disney film. Yeah, but still, but still, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So knowing that I'm gonna cry, I gotta be honest with you. I do like movies yeah. that move me. So, so, I, I, so Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, so you didn't cry Titanic, you know, like over and over again. You weren't in. Uh, no, I no. think you were sitting. You were probably sitting next to me when I watched. So I was probably covering my face. Like I don't want to be uh, seen Coco, crying. Coco's a Pixar movie. Is it a Pixar? I thought yeah. it was Disney. Oh, yeah, remember, Chris, we got a resident fact checker at all times. Wow. Uh, well, let me let me it's let me see. IMDb. <laughs> four out of the five previous times I've. So there you go. Because I did cry at the end of Coco as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I I would say three. I, I like movies that really can three. can move me, um, right. and you know, you know, hearing that it you know people are saying that Toy Story four is more emotionally devastating than Toy Story three. I'm like, I don't know how you can do that, but <laughs> okay, let's go find out. <laughs> like, I'm I'm in. Sign right. me up. Sign me up. 
Yeah, I, I honestly, okay. like, I'll co-sign everything Chris said. If if a movie, if I know that I'm going to go into the movie and it's going to make me cry, like, the fact that it's going to pull that emotion from me is, is you know, as kind of messed up as that may sound, like, I, I, I'm interested in that. Wow, it's a good dare, are... too. It's a good dare. Like, if someone says, hey, go see this movie, you know, bring a box of tissues. Uh, I'm like, all right, oh, well, yeah, you know, okay, let's see. Okay, we don't need to know about those movies. You guys <laughs> well, hey, yeah. wait a second. No, Even PG, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so you men are not afraid to, uh, you know, show your feelings. Strong men also <laughs> cry. Strong men also cry. Um, so I think only cried once in the theater. That was when Jason and uh, Colonel Tavington died in the Patriot. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was Very a emotional tough... moment. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not quite a three. Um, am I a two? Probably a one. I don't think that alone just gets me there. Because uh, you're a robot. I am. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, Keanu Reeves, John Wick yeah, doesn't. Keanu Reeves cry. hating robots. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, I'm, a, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested, but I'm not, you know, driving to the theater just to go cry at the end of the, the showing. Okay, so, uh, oh, these scores are interesting. Okay, so we had seven categories, I believe. Let me just count it again, just real quick. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Seven categories. Uh, Ken, you had the highest interest score at 13. So that's that's basically a two. Basically, you're there at Toy Story. Uh, Chris, you're 12. So just one below Ken. So Ken has a little bit higher interest uh, than you. I am a two. Um, thanks to Keanu Reeves, uh, Toy Fork, and uh, let's see. Yeah, a little bit, I'm just a little bit lower scores than, than the rest of you across the board, which is weird because I really want to see this movie. So, um, Well, I mean, it's perfectly weighted across all that's right. All the questions. You know? <laughs> that's right. Uh, I have some bonus questions, though, to ask to gauge your interest uh, in this movie. This is this is like beyond the scoring process. Just, you know, does this change your interest at all? So, number one, if so, right now that's Rotten Tomato score like 98 percent. Uh, if this was a 15 percent Rotten Tomato score, uh, would you still be interested in seeing this movie? No. Really? I would I would I would pull the Rocky five. <laughs> analogy and pretend that it never happened right because right. i wouldn't want to ruin the uh the ending of toy story 3 chris i'd have i'd have to go back and look but i don't other than maybe cars 2 i, can, I don't know if pixar has ever had a like a rotten you know tomato they have. have they yeah. cars 2 i think is it other than that's cars it. 2 yeah that's it um and that was and I, way down there. That, yeah, that, and I didn't see that was in the twenties. Yeah, I yeah. went to go see car. You know, I was I was there for Cars one, and I, and because of that score, that definitely pulled me away from Cars two. So I would say negative two. Like you know, yeah. I mean, it is a Toy Story franchise, but yeah, negative two or that a fifteen percent would be like ooh. Yeah, right. Well, like, what would that movie look like? Would it just be like really corny? Like, just really like they just have no idea like what the formula was for a Toy Story movie, and they just made it like either really cheesy or maybe even like a little crass. Maybe like maybe too adult humor. I don't know. Part but. of me wonders though is like if it was that bad, you know, fifteen percent is a glaringly awful movie right. that anybody <laughs> should be able to say it is a bad strange. movie. Right. You right. know, I I don't think Disney or Pixar would let let it be released i think they would it's their flagship it's too important you know i think Mm -hmm. they'd be like nope uh never mind we're gonna push (laughs) we're gonna push this back yeah 
I think I gotta be honest. I think I would still see it. I get because if it really is that bad, then I just it's sort of like I witnessed it, you know, kind of thing. Um, say I was there, but so probably a zero. Uh, next bonus question: If Christopher Nolan directed uh, this movie, <laughs> um, would, that, would, would that compel you even more to see this, uh, or less, or less, or not at all? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, if you look at the previews and the trailers, especially the early ones, I have no idea what this movie's about. So I guess you could say <laughs> it, it felt like a Christopher Nolan uh, <laughs> Toy Story film. I was just like, all right, whatever. I, I trust it. Uh, I'd be a three. I mean, anything. That oh, yeah. Me, yeah. me too. I'll, you know, anything you yeah, touch anything on. Christopher Nolan, I'm a three on. Oh, Nolan and the Toy Story franchise would be phenomenal. Like, it would, oh, I, yeah. I came in like. Almost, almost as phenomenal as Quentin Tarantino in Star Trek. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, you know, I said this on another podcast. I said there are very few directors that, you know, their movies feel like an, an event, so yep. to speak. And Nolan is one of them. Tarantino is the other. And I can't really think of anybody else after that. So, yeah, uh, Ken probably has 15 more. You know, Simon Kinberg. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Nolan's a three for me, too. All right. Last one. Um if it was, if they showed in the trailer that there were actual John Wick toy figures that were involved <laughs> in it instead of Duke Kaboom, uh, would that compel you even more to go see the movie? I already know your answers, but uh, go yeah. ahead. Uh, a three, and then I would also buy stock in Pixar for that genius move. Like here, I would, here's I even more money for you. Yeah, I would. I would not only see it, I would pre-order the uh, the the 4K Blu-ray as soon as I got home. <laughs> Well, wait a minute, Greg. Have you not entertained the idea that there could be an Ebony Ma toy in this well, franchise? I mean, I would, I would love it, but uh, you know, I, I mean, that's like some real synergy there: Disney, exactly. Marvel, and Pixar. Right, and I'm sure there must be Ebony Ma action figures out there, so it okay. is a possibility. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So that wraps up. See, don't see. Now we'll get to the Rotten Tomato. Um, the Rotten Tomato review. I think at this point, well, we get, we'll read the po- a couple positives. I really want to find the negative reviews and uh, and see what the heck's going on there. Um, Ken, do you have it queued up at all? Uh, I do. Let me... All right. Fred Topple uh, from Pod Dust, Pop Dust uh, says, We're four levels deep into Toy Story now, so we, all, we know all the fun comes with deep personal reflection and that's why these films resonate well into adulthood. Aww. Uh, another one uh, from Billy Goody Kuntz of the Arizona ah, Republic yes. says the Toy Story saga felt fully complete without it, which makes this movie, which makes this a movie that doesn't really need to exist, but whose existence doesn't diminish the whole either. <laughs> So there you go. That's a 3.5 out of 5 review. Uh, Don Shanahan from a website called Every Movie Has a Lesson uh, says, despite the immense talent, the traits and choices lack being truly worthwhile. That's a 2 out of 5 score. Score right there. So anyway, uh, to kind of summarize the rest of the reviews, it looks like it's, um, you know, it's, it really has a unique story. Uh, it has a unique message to tell, and it really looks like it's pulling the heartstrings in a very, what sounds like a very different way, but also sounds like it's a, a very fitting end 
to the Woody and Buzz and all those and all those characters. So I think we're in for an event here, folks. Um, let's go on to our predictions. So I'm going to summarize. I think we're, let's see, we're at uh, 98% Rotten Tomato, so we're not going to predict Rotten Tomato there. Box office wise, um, the range for this has been pretty uh, significant. Um, so I've been seeing anywhere from 100 to 150. Uh, boxoffice.com is projecting uh, 150 million o- opening weekend. Uh, I should note that Box Office has been horribly wrong um, the last few weeks in their projections. Mm. So just sort of saying that as a benchmark. Um, Chris, we'll start with you. What is your prediction for opening weekend Toy Story? Uh, I'm going to say 170. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go... I'm going to go high as well. I think it's kind of crazy to me that this could only do 150. Like, this is really highly anticipated, um, especially at a Rotten Tomato now of 98%. Uh, I'm seeing reports that it's out-tracking Incredibles 2, which debuted at $180 million, um, that this is, like, the highest uh, pre-seller in Fandango for animated. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... I'm going to go higher than 180. Um, I'm going to go 193. That's that's my prediction. Mm. Projection, wow. yeah, yeah. So it, it will then become the highest, you know, opening weekend for an animated film of all time. Yeah. Uh, yes. Correct. And okay. I think I think and the other reason I'm going high is because the last few weeks of movies have been awful. <laughs> so uh, there is that. Really, what's that? There is that. Right. So I, there's not much competition from them. Um, it's not like they're going to continue giving you know eight screens a theater the Dark Phoenix, um, you know, see it. So I think I think everyone's sort of waiting for Toy Story, and I think uh, they're going to be they're going to be out there opening weekend. Ken, your projection. Oh, yeah. So the highest one for Pixar before this was Incredibles two, one eighty two. Nothing else. Finding Dory was one thirty five. Oh man. I'm going to say 185. Ooh, so we're all going way high. Okay. Okay, so I'm at 193. Ken's at 185. Chris is at 170. It, 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 I, I, it was funny. I was thinking about how Dark Phoenix was opened at you know 36 million and you know Men in Black's at 30. And I had to remind myself... Avengers Endgame opened at three hundred and fifty million million dollars opening weekend. Opening weekend, that's still mind boggling, and that just happened, you know, uh, a couple months ago. Okay, uh, any final thoughts on Toy Story? Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, so we haven't talked about Child's Play, uh, and I'm not going to talk too much about it. But I did want to ask you guys about Mark Hamill uh, being involved. And does his inclusion, I consider Mark Hamill one of the best voice actors we've ever had. Um, does his inclusion as the voice of quote-unquote Chucky make you any more compelled to to see the movie? And this is in the context of us talking about how there's not too many voice actors you know, or actors that make us want to see any type of animated movie unless it's someone really you know unique or different or funny. Um, but where does Mark Hamill fall in that You know, for a movie like Child's Play? I mean, for me, I was never much of a fan of the original Child's Play movies. Um, so, like, 
on their own, they don't. I, I'm not really interested in going to see it. But yeah, uh, if I know that Mark Hamill is doing the voice, I'm at least interested to see what he's going to do with it. Because I, I, you know, I mean, he's he's the Joker, and <laughs> for all the animated Batman, and you know, he's yeah. he's just. He's incredible, got an incredible, like yeah, voice act, yeah, voice actor. Yeah, well. so I mean, like, I'd be interested to see what his take is going to be on on the role. Yeah, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm there with you as well. I mean, I, it would, it would definitely him being involved compels me to see it. I don't know if I'd see it in the theater per se, yeah. but um, definitely, it's like you know, hey, Mark Hamill, like, great choice. I mean, I, I'm obviously a huge Brad Dorff fan, you know, from at least the first child's play movie. I'm going to forget that the rest kind of exists because <laughs> they definitely went off the rails, but um, yeah, no, I thought it was when I heard that he was voicing Chucky, I was like, wow, great choice. Definitely. Now I'm, I'm, I'm more interested than I was previously. And, and side note, their marketing campaign has been just amazing. So um, for this movie, just basically <laughs> the fact that they, they're opening it against Toy Story, and they're using like Toy Story references in their ads. It's um, hilarious, genius, mm. genius. Yeah, and I don't think it's gonna. Well, maybe it will because I mean they're projecting that to could open in twenty million, which I consider that an achievement um, for a child's play movie. Um, so yeah, hats off to their marketing team. Um, How many pair? How many? Do you think there's gonna be any situations where parents go to <laughs> see Toy Story and it's sold out, <laughs> and so they're like, "Oh, well, let's go see Child's Play instead." Yes. That, that, that can't be. How bad can oh that be? God. Yeah, right, right, right. For me, I so just to answer uh, the Mark Hamill question, I, I, I like most. I, I've, I, I will give most horror franchises a try. Child's Play, I gave, I gave that a try a while ago, and I had a very visceral reaction against it for some reason. I, it might have been just because. Did you watch the first one or? I don't remember which one I watched. I don't think it was the first one. It right, was, of Chucky. Um, <laughs> it could have been. Uh, Son of Chucky. Yeah, I just uh. I think just the, both the plot concept and what's his name, Brad Dorff? Is that the yeah. Chucky's voice? I think he. I, and I, hats off to him because I think his voice just just permanently creeped me out. You know, it's like being in a doll and stuff. Um, I just I could never watch another one. Um, so, but if it was a possibility. I would be really intrigued. Again, I, I don't know if I'd see it in the theater, but if it's on HBO, I would definitely check it out just to see what Mark Hamill does with it. And, if, uh, you, if you do get a chance, you should watch the very first one. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it is. I, um, and you actually get, get to see Brad Dorff in the movie. So yeah, but yeah, my reaction is vis- so visceral to it though. I don't know. I don't, I just, it's similar to like, I can never watch, Apollo Creed, you know, being killed by Ivan Drago. Like, I just couldn't do it. I had to cover my eyes. I don't know if, like, similar to Child's Play and just, you know, the whole movie. Speaking of which, I mean, you brought it up. Did you see Tyson Fury coming out to Living in America? No. His boxing match on Saturday? I heard no, about it. I didn't see it. No, I didn't. So he comes out full on James Brown, like, reenactment. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> this this didn't end well the first time. <laughs> wow. Was he wearing the uh, red, white, and blue shorts? Oh, yeah. Trunks, oh, oh. top hat, and everything. <laughs> to the song. I mean, it was oh, the whole deal. So. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Peterson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, and we'll have you back again soon. And uh, thank you, uh, the audience, for joining us. If you like what you hear, even if you didn't like what you hear, please give us five stars on, uh, on the soon-to-be-defunct iTunes uh, and Spotify and wherever else. Uh, well, let me uh, let me correct you right there real quick. So, 
we so now uh, we have now changed things over at the Onstage Blog Network to the point that every single one of our shows now has its own um, channel show listing, so to speak. That's not a correction. Not a correction, but so rather than so rather than having clarification, so rather than having you know on Spotify or or Apple Podcasts, the Onstage Blog Network the box office preview is now searchable by itself. So now it's just when you pull the box office preview, you only get those op- episodes. Uh, same for Spotify. And we're also going to be on TuneIn, which is for uh, Android yeah. users. So, all right. Yeah. 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 So find us five stars, please. Five stars. And check out all the other great uh, podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Uh, Chris, you just want to name a few of them? Well, we got, we just did a brand new episode of the Movie Musical Shakedown with a, a chorus line. We've got another one called It's a Theater Thing, which is a pretty good one as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're popping. But we also have a brand new one, which I'm very excited about, uh, that is from our friends across the pond. It's called Spotlight. And it's all digging into uh, what's going on in the West End theater scene. So pretty excited about, you know, breaking into the United Kingdom. So there you go. All right. So thank you all. Um, Enjoy the movie. Enjoy Toy Story 4. If you're going to see it, enjoy Child's Play. Uh, If you like it, let us know on uh, Facebook or on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at GregE333. Ken? Ken Jones 81 Chris, are you still on Twitter? What's going, no, what's going on? No, no, I'm I'm back and forth on it. But you can find us at uh, at Onstage Blog on all social networks. That's that's right. So enjoy the movies, everyone. Uh, see you. Uh, oh oh oh! Uh, before we go, next week uh, we're tweaking the schedule a little bit. Uh, next week we're going to cover three movies. Um, we're going to cover Annabelle Comes Home. We're we're, we're going to cover Yesterday. Ah. And uh, and then we're also going to do Spider-Man. Uh, we're going to do Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we're going to do that next week as well due to scheduling conflicts. Oh, yeah, 4th of July. Yeah, yep. so, we, so we're going to take 4th of July off, and we're going to cover Spider-Man next week uh, instead. So it's going to be a loaded podcast next week. Um, I, I did not approve that time off. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys are just making your schedule on this, your own, apparently. <laughs> Well, why do you think we had you on this pod? It's, it's my way of telling you. So, uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, three movies. Um, so we'll cover all that next week. Uh, until then, we'll see you then. Adios. Bye. Okay, I, I want to get the details right. So... Um, by the way, Greg, while you're searching that, do you hate your keyboard? I'm just asking. <laughs> no, no it sounds like sounds like you're abusing it, like Sonny or like uh, you know Connie's wife in the The Godfather. Good lord! I've been told by multiple it's people off. I'm the loudest typer they've ever heard in the office. Oh my god! <laughs> it's all for, it's all from uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's uh, right. I feel, I feel bad for our our listeners. <laughs>